Welcome to the Elbow Up Youth Baseball Podcast. First-hand and real-time experience, stories, advice, and lessons learned. Some the hard way by me, a former player, lifelong fan, and now dad and coach. This is episode number six. What should your off-season really look like? All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday morning. Before we jump into today's episode, which I think is actually really great and timely, I wanted to make a quick announcement. So you probably already got the email this morning, if you're on the list, um, talking about the future of Elbow Up. So I just want to go over that really quickly in 30 seconds. Number one, um, nothing has to change. So what I'm essentially doing is rolling out a premium subscription. So currently... Everybody who currently gets the the newsletter and the podcast, totally free. Um, You get one podcast a week plus an additional article. Nothing changes. You don't have to do anything. You won't even notice a difference, really. Um, However, I am adding a premium subscription. And essentially what you get is everything in the free subscription. So you get the the normal podcast and, and then also the additional article. Um, we're going to add an additional podcast and really for this one, I'm looking to go a little bit deeper, maybe even be a little bit more unfiltered, uh, also have some pretty cool guests. So the first two guests, one is going to be my brother, former Vanderbilt, uh, signee, and then first round draft pick spent eight years in professional baseball as an all American. We're going to talk about, you know, his experience growing up as a youth baseball player and then kind of into that that college and pro phase of his career. Also, Ricky Honeycutt. So his dad, Rick Honeycutt, was a you know twenty plus year big leaguer. Um, recently, uh, um, I guess as late as a couple years ago, was the pitching coach for the Dodgers for years. Uh, one of the most successful pitching staffs uh, in the game. Um, Ricky grew up as a as a son of, of a big leaguer. Uh, he played, you know, high school and, and college ball, and then now is actually a youth baseball coach uh, in the coach pitch ages for his own son. So I think those are two unique experiences, but lots of stuff coming down the pipe for that. Um, also, um, I have started, I've got a new private parent coach Facebook group. So instead of being in a, in a select or travel ball baseball group where every other post is a tournament advertisement or getting you to buy, to buy something, um, this will be strictly uh, between premium members and myself, and we'll ask questions, we'll share thoughts and ideas. Um, so I think that's that's exciting. And then also, I'm working on some guides, some how-tos, some documents, so things that every parent should know about youth baseball, things that you need to know if you're coaching coach pitch for the first time, um, got the guide of, of moving uh, from coach pitch to player pitch, and then one I'll talk about today that includes off-season uh, workouts. So here's the deal. If you find this valuable, you know, please consider joining. Um, I think it's affordable. It's $6 a month, or you can join for the whole year for 60 bucks. That basically gives you two free months. Um, you know, and as much as we spend on youth sports, I think an extra $6 a month, like that's less than, you know, a, a, a large coffee at Starbucks. Um, also there are, I've got team subscriptions available. I think this is really cool guys. So, um, if you're a coach or a parent and you want maybe to get a subscription to, to everybody on the team, um, if you purchase more than four, uh, subscriptions, you actually get 50% off per person. So that's a really cool, you you can actually use team fees for that. I think it's that worthwhile. So, um, 
you know, my commitment here is, you know, we've already, we've been regular now for uh, a little over a month. We're going to have, like I said, for free subscribers, which everybody is today. Nothing changes at all. You get the podcast every week, you get another article. And then for the premium subscribers, um, I just went through what you get. So check it out, getelbowup.com. That's G-E-T, elbowup.com. Um, if you have any questions, just shoot me an email, respond to um, one of the posts. Um, all right, so jumping into today's content, what should your offseason look like? You know, playing year-round baseball is, is a fairly new phenomenon, so I'm 36 years old. 20 years ago, playing outside of the spring and summer seasons really wasn't mainstream. Um, every once in a while, you might see some people playing in the fall you know, now you'd be challenged to actually find a, quote, travel team that doesn't play a fall season and work out during the winter months. So, um, and if, if you really consider playing a fall season is a given for most competitive teams, and I think that um, probably most people that play anything other than recreational ball probably do something in the fall. Um, you know, what should that look like? I see a lot of different things. And so just to kind of set the expectation here or the, or the background – when I say off season, I'm assuming you're playing a fall schedule, so maybe a September October schedule. So off season to me means November, December, January, and February. So the first thing is, please take some time off. Uh, this is important for lots of reasons. I don't mean take a week off or two weeks or three months or three weeks. I mean take like two months off totally. Um, you got you got to let your bodies rest, relax, heal. Um, you know, younger athletes, especially who most people listening um, have, your, their bodies don't necessarily need the same time to recover as a 15-year-old or an 18-year-old or a 25-year-old, but it's still important to let them heal. Uh, baseball particularly is tough on certain joints, right? So shoulders and elbows specifically in throwing. Um, and it's not so much that the one throw is going to hurt it. It's that repetitive kind of unnatural motion. And so it's just over and over and over and over. So it's really wear and tear um, that can get you. So, you know, playing already through, you know, from March through October can put a ton of strain on these joints. So please take some time off. Don't even question that. Take some time off. When your season is over, do not go straight into lessons, guys. Lessons in the offseason are okay, but don't do it immediately. Take a month, take two months completely off, do something different. Uh, secondly, give your family a break. So, listen, we all love – if you're listening to this, you probably love being on the field. You love spending time with your baseball family. Um, I know our family loves the other families on our team, um, and really they've kind of become our extended family. We, we, and, and <laughs> during the season, we probably spend more time with them than we do our actual families. But, guys, you still need a break from the multi-day – baseball commitment each week um the kids need to spend some time outside they need to do different things you know they need to hang out with different people um i think it's important to get out of the friend group of maybe two three four six eight kids and do something different right also as a family i know as, as a dad and a homeowner like there's things that have fallen by the wayside through the year it's really important in order to be able to enjoy baseball when it's happening you got to take care of the other things in the off season so that's important as well um, the other thing is work on other sports. Um, this is something going back to not, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, not playing year round. You know, we, we would play baseball and then we would play like for me specifically, I didn't play basketball in the fall, but I played soccer. 
Um, and then, you know, some people play football and then some people play basketball in the winter. Some people may do basketball or uh, excuse me, baseball and then football and then soccer. But at the end of the day, do something different. Our kids need to learn how to be a better athlete. You know, baseball to be an elite baseball player, you do have to be a good athlete, but to be a youth baseball player, you don't. And a lot of practices, there's not a lot of running. There's not a lot of agility work. <clears throat> not a lot of strength work. So running up and down the soccer field or the basketball court or playing football and learning how to deal with things like that, that is, that's crucial. Um, I tell this story a lot when my brother was drafted. Uh, he was a first-round draft pick. He had signed with Vanderbilt, who I think the year before had actually won the national title. Um, and then he ended up being drafted actually that, that summer um, in the first round by the San Diego Padres. And one of the things that scouts and, the, and both Vanderbilt and uh, the Padres – kept talking about was just his athleticism um and coaches at the higher level 10 out of 10 will agree they would love to have athletes right not just because of the physical piece of it but they learn how to you know uh, it, whether you're a wrestler or whether you play football like you learn the x's and o's of the different sports you learn how to compete in different ways right you learn how to solve problems and deal with adversity different ways so that's in, to me that's super important um, <clears throat> I think kind of to, to piggyback on that, just being exposed to new and different challenges. Um, I promise you in the long run, that's going to be better for your kids. So they need to totally get rid of baseball for a, a couple months, play something else, do something different. Even if it's not a sport, go play an instrument, um, go do some type of an activity and, uh, let your mind and your body take a break from baseball. Now we've taken a break. And now it's time to actually do some baseball, right? So you can't just wait until March and start. Um, now, the younger you are, the easier that is. So if you are a coach pitch five- and six-year-old and your kid is just loves the game but, you know, just barely learning, you don't need an offseason. Like, please don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that six-year-olds should have an offseason workout. What I'm really talking about is if you are, quote, more serious – um, as you get older, seven eights potentially. Um, when you, especially when you get into player pitch, you've got to get your arm and your body ready. So at some point, you've got to get started back, right? You've got to be able to ease into it. Um, now, to 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 start off, like I said before, I am a big fan of taking off November and December, just totally, completely. Take a break, let your body heal, get through um, school, take Christmas break, and get through the holidays, the New Year's, and then it's time to get back to work. So that's really my kind of rule of thumb. And again, it, it depends on your season, when you're going to start, when you ended. But really, I don't think it's necessary to get started before January for young kids. Um, the first thing I would do, though, is establish some goals. So again, if, if you got to be realistic. We talk about that all the time. If, if your kid is maybe in the bottom third of pitchers on your 10-year-old team, to expect to come back next spring in March and be the stud or the ace, that's probably not realistic, you know, and, and both you and your child are going to be disappointed. So create specific, realistic goals and then work towards accomplishing those goals, right? So if I was that pitcher that I just mentioned, I wouldn't be focused on trying to, to make the radar gun light up and, and be the fastest or the hardest throw on the team. I would work on my mechanics. I would work on getting comfortable in those mechanics. I would work on throwing strikes. 
depending on the age, maybe add like a change up or something. Like I, I'm not a big fan of curveballs and breaking balls um, at, at a young age, but you know, if I'm a nine or 10 year old and I'm, I, I get the mechanics down and I can throw strikes, like that's the first thing, right? The second thing is maybe throwing a change up because you're, you know, p- hitting is all about timing. And so as a pitcher, if you can throw off their timing, um, that's really good, right? So um, I think long-term you'll see if you focus on those little things and, and the process, then the success will come later. So that's just an example of establishing realistic goals um, that really are geared towards that specific player. The other thing is having the right equipment and facility. Now, you may be surprised to hear, I'm not saying you have to spend a ton of money on an indoor facility. Um, Just a couple of quick notes, though. Don't use your $400 metal bat in the cold weather. Um, that's not good. <laughs> and as you get older and swing harder, you can definitely hurt the bat. Um, get an inexpensive wood bat. Uh, that's my recommendation. You can, you know, if, if you have the bat and that's all you have, that's fine. Um, just be careful using it in, in cold weather. But you can get a wood bat. It's going to be a smaller barrel, so it's going to help from kind of a hand-eye coordination standpoint. But also, you're not really at that age. You're not going to be able to mess it up, right? So use that for T work. Use that for any kind of front toss or, or BP that you might do in the off season. Um, don't throw outside in the cold in short sleeves. Um, you know, you don't have to have an indoor facility. If you do, or you have access to throw indoors, that's the best. Um, but if you don't, that's okay. Put on some layers, wear some sleeves, wear a long sleeve shirt, wear a sweatshirt or a hoodie, go for a a light jog, warm up your body and then really warm up your arm. Good. And then don't overdo it. Right. So, um, that may seem like common sense, but I see this all the time as we get deep into the fall and then we start early in the spring and, and the winter, or, or, or I guess I should say late winter, um, kids don't wear jackets. Like they just go out and they start throwing and the older you get, that's going to, that's going to cause trouble. Um, the other thing is more of a, maybe encouragement. I don't know if it's validation for those that don't, you know, don't let limited resources hold you back. Um, it seems like now there's a facility on every corner and teams are paying for indoor facilities. Um, again, back in the day, there was none of that. Um, I remember there was a a place that might have like an old metal building, but at the end of the day, that's not necessary. Um, if you go to the written, uh, article for this podcast today, um, I, I mentioned one specific thing, but Tony Gwynn, who, um, our kids won't know, but most of you may have heard the name. So one of the, really one of the greatest all around hitters of all time, I think in the big leagues, he learned to hit at a young age with his brothers using balled up socks and wads of tape. Um, if you look at, um, and I've heard him tell that story and it's really, it's really, um, really kind of cool to hear. Um, but also, you know, look at all the guys in the big leagues, you, there's story after story of guys that came from like the Dominican or Cuba or, or overseas. And they didn't even have gloves when they started, right? They used like pieces of wood or boards or cardboard, Um, and and I'm not saying that like we're all in that situation necessarily, but don't let not having a facility or all the right equipment hold you down. Now I would say that if you can, um, one thing that I think is the most cost effective and you can get a lot out of in the off season is to actually buy, you know, a, uh, like a pop-up net and a tee, uh, and you can actually work in your garage if you have one. So that's one thing that in the colder, uh, months you can do. And while it's still cool um you can get the wind and and the direct cold off of you so um 
I'll link to, there's several of those that you can get. There's a, there's a net on Amazon that's really good and, and it's under a hundred dollars. Um, there's multiple batting tees you can get, um, anywhere from 15 bucks up to a hundred. Um, and I'll link to some of those, uh, in the written article as well. But anyway, the point is use the resources you have and make the most of them. All right. Now, We've taken some time off. We've established some goals. We're, we're going to um, look at getting the right equipment, whatever that might mean for us. But now it's time to actually start. And, and guys, look, we got to ease back into it. Um, you can't take two months off and then get on a mound and, th- and try to throw gas. You, you, don't, you don't need to expect your body to be ready to go. Um, I can remember, and again, this is a little different depending on the age. So if we're talking seven-year-olds and we just want to get in there and get them some ground balls and hit, take some swings, that's one thing. Um, I'm specifically talking about eights going into nines and nines and tens and pitching. Um, it's more important the older you get to ease back into it. But I remember when my brother played professionally, um, so he was drafted and spent a year with the San Diego Padres and was involved in a trade and went over to the Chicago Cubs, and that's where he spent the remaining uh, part of his career. Um after he was converted from an outfielder to a pitcher, um, I, I remember him sharing his offseason or telling me, I guess, about his offseason throwing program. And I got a blurb from that that I wanted to share. And here's the thing, guys. Most of those players did not play fall ball. So some of them went to instructional league or fall leagues, but most did not. So if they did not in the minor leagues, they were done in September, right? So they, they the, the club – um, and again, this is professionals, right? The club wanted them to, to take September, October, November and not throw. But starting in December, the second week of December, um, their, their throwing program would start. And week one consisted of only two days, each day throwing from 10 to 12 minutes at a range between 45 and 90 feet. And it said, take short breaks when needed. Now, guys, 45 feet is half the distance of a, of a high school base path. So let that sink in, right? And the maximum 90 feet would be the base path, so home to first, first to second. So we're talking about professional athletes who are literally the best in the world. And if you look at the entire month of December, it is very similar to that. It's very easy. It's just getting back into the swing of things. And the program actually went from December into January and then into February. It was like a 12-week program, if I can remember correctly. And it was designed to have them ready by spring training, which even then they weren't like 100% season ready. So here's the point. That's for a professional who's in great shape. If you have a 9 or 10 or 11 or 12-year-old you can't expect them to be ready in two weeks. You can't go play in a February tournament and when you started in the middle of January and expect them to be at 100%. So you need to, you need to think about when your season starts, and I would advise not starting too soon, especially playing almost year-round. But if you, let's just say for the point of, of this uh, conversation, if you're going to start your first tournament in the first week of March, starting the first or second week of January is pretty good, but ease into it. Now – um, I've got a youth, uh, it's kind of been cobbled together from just different things and, and my own personal experience, but I'm actually putting the finishing touches on a youth off season program, uh, mainly for throwing. It's not really hitting. Um, but it's not just for pitchers guys. It's for anybody. I would say probably not, you know, seven year olds and eight year olds, but anybody that's pitching uh, or wants to pitch, 
Um, and I'll have that available in the next probably few days. If you are a premium subscriber, you will get that uh, at no additional charge. Um, I'm working on a way to, to package that and then put it online. Um, but I can tell you this program alone, if you have a pitcher who, who is serious about wanting to pitch and throw and make their arm stronger and ha be healthy throughout the season, I think this alone would be worth the price of admission for the premium subscription. Um, but the point is start easy and take it slow. You know, it's like lifting weights. You, you don't go from being like me and, and old and skinny and out of shape to a, a, a competitive power lifter overnight. You got to start small, you got to stay consistent and you got to stick to the plan. Now, lastly, I just want to cover really quickly off-season team practice. So everything I've talked about so far is really geared towards individual improvements and preparation, and that can be facilitated by the coach, right? So some parents may not be listening to this, or some parents may not have the knowledge, and so the coach facilitates what all I've been talking about. However, you know, especially younger teams, I see they like to get together a lot during the off-season and maybe work out as a team. So I think it's important. I, I totally support this. Uh, however, a few things to keep in mind. One, don't overdo it. I don't recommend getting together more than once per week. Um, you know, kids are playing other sports and families have other commitments and it's the holidays and they're getting back into school in January. So maybe a Sunday afternoon or one time during the week, whatever works for your team, but don't really do it too often. Um, two, keep it short but take advantage of the time. So I suggest at the younger ages, keeping this time like an hour or less. So go in there, have a plan, get the reps, get it done and get out. But that leads to number three, which is encourage self-study. Um, again, younger guys, it's kind of harder to do this, but you really can enlist the help of the parents. Make use of the practice time. Like don't, don't get everybody together and just take BP necessarily, like work on team type things. And, and again, depending on your age, so like for our, our nine-year-old team, we need to work on maybe some pickoff moves. We need to work on covering first, some PFP type stuff, bunt coverages. Maybe we need to work on signs. Like there's a lot of things that, that we can do as a team uh, in a practice. But <clears throat> spend the time together as a team, but then encourage the guys to go home and work on their throwing program or to go home and take 30 swings a day or or – 30 swings a day, three times a week or something like that. Um, I think the key though, is don't be overbearing. You don't want what I'm trying to get at. You don't want your season that's supposed to start in March to really start in January. Um, it, it's just not necessary and it's just going to lead to burnout long-term. Now, look like everything else, I'm not, you know, a scientist. This isn't exact science. Just remember, be smart. Um, Take some time off, establish goals for the offseason, and then ease back into it with a plan. And then stick to that plan. I promise you'll see results. And if, you know, I don't, when I say measure, I don't know, I don't mean take a clipboard and measure velocities or anything uh, because you're not, you're not maxing out early. But, you know, look at how your kids were in the fall. And if you establish that plan and you stick to it, see how they are in the spring. I promise you'll see growth. Stay positive. Use that time to work on things. You can't get together in March and start teaching during the middle of the game. You've got to work on the individual type things in the offseason. Now, remember, uh, if you have specific questions, feel free to leave a comment. So if you go to getelbowup.com, you can read all uh, of the articles. Um, you can like it. You can leave a comment. Um, if you got this in an email, you can just hit reply and send me an email. I'll be glad to answer any questions. Um, 
Also, I'd love to hear feedback on the premium subscriber option. Look, the cool thing about that is, guys, I spent a ton of time on this, and I have gotten so much feedback. Um, so I know people are listening and using this. Um, it, it's not going to hurt my feelings if you say, you know what, I'm not paying $6 a month for that. However, if you feel like you've gotten some value out of this or you enjoy reading and you want to um, you know, support me in that way, consider the subscription. Like I said, it's six bucks a month or you can get the whole year for $60. You also have the team subscription option, which you get 50% off if you have at least four people. So that might be something you can go in with a couple dads and, and, and do. Um, but anyway, if you have any comments or feedback on that, please feel free to send it my way as well. Again, I appreciate you listening and, and spending the time with me. Um, look forward to the future and I will talk to you next week. Thanks everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Elbow Up Youth Baseball Podcast. Make sure you don't miss the next article or episode. Go to getelbowup.com and subscribe for free right now.